Hey all, Marty here and back with another Friday Finds. And with me, I have Lynn. Say hello, Lynn. Hello, everybody. Welcome. So Lynn, what do we got today? All right. So I've been doing a lot of reading and I found some stuff that I thought was interesting. My first story today is, I guess, a little bit outside the tech realm, but I think it's something that anyone in a creator space, people who like to create, might want to be thinking about this. And so you you may have seen this, but Ed Sheeran, he stands accused of copying Marvin Gaye's um, Get It On um, with his song Thinking Out Loud. I don't mm. know if you've ever, I, I've, I've heard of Thinking Out Loud, but I meant to listen to Marvin Gaye's song and, and just never got around to it. So it was from The Daily Beast publication called the daily beast and it was All right. written by helen holmes and it was from april 28th so is this currently going on right now is this in yes. court right now yes so this is ed sheeran has sort of been dragged into a new york court and he's stand being stand accused of of being uh, copying uh marvin gay's vibe or his melodic sequences with thinking out loud now, did he actually sample some of his music, or what are they saying uh, that uh, he did or that he took? Right. Or so it's it's sort of vague, actually. This lawsuit came about as a result of lawyers hired by a guy named Ed Townsend, who co-wrote the song with Marvin Gaye in 1973. Their complaint is that Sharon copied the rhythms, the melodies, and harmony, and that the heart or core of the 1973 song was duplicated by Sharon. Uh, they talk about, it's mentioned in the, something called vibe theft, which I've never, that's kind of Do a they weird talk thing. about what vibe theft is or what they're calling vibe theft? And they talk about that and also capturing the magic of Gay's song. The writer of the article is pointing out these things are pretty vague. The, the issue is that musicians have often, you know, they've been inspired by the styles and the, you know, of other people. And there's a limited amount of chords, beats, et cetera, that a musician has to work with. So, you know, the lines are often blurred and with so much music out there, how can people really continue to engage in the creative process without running afoul, you know, of these copyright laws? Even Stevie Wonder has commented on this. It was a different case altogether. But the idea that you can be hauled into court just for copying someone's rhythms or melodies. And it's, I think it, it has sort of a chilling effect on creativity. Ed Sheeran says that he, if he loses this court case, he's just going to quit music altogether. He's getting out and he's done. So here's a, here's a question. If you're a creator in any way, whether it's music or whether it's video, audio, whatever it may be, how would you protect yourself? 
Right, exactly. I know you would there have are to make software. sure that you have your original files and show that you wrote and created the thing, which I'm not even sure that would totally protect yourself because someone else could still go, hey, no, well, look what I did on this date previous to what you did on your date. You know, so everyone's trying to sue everyone these days, it seems like. Yeah. You just got to do everything you can to try to protect yourself. And I just sort of think in thinking about like AI generated music, how I just can't imagine, you know, the lawsuits are just going to fly. I mean, oh, that yeah. might be I mean, the last. Already in even in music right now, we're seeing. Uh, people have taken other famous musicians and used either their voice or their music and created a whole entire song all using AI. And uh, so the question is, how do they combat this? How do you control this? How do you keep yourself safe? It's just running rampant right now. Right. So we're waiting to see what the jury says. A jury of 12 people. I'd like to have been on that jury. I could sit and listen to music <laughs> and analyze it. That's pretty cool. I'd rather do that than, you know, have a murder trial or something like that. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And it's as somebody who likes to create, you know, likes the creative space myself, it is something to be aware of. Um, and just recognizing how do you balance the rights of the creators with the flexibility that is needed to be creative and that we all take styles and we all take ideas from each other. I don't know how you could really prevent that. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this, how this shakes out. Um, and yeah, we're still waiting for the trial to, Yep, we'll okay, see how Mike. it all turns out, and then you can report back. Hey, it's Michael here with a quick dub in. About two hours after we got done with recording this episode, a Manhattan jury found the musician Ed Sheeran did not engage in willful copyright infringement related to the Marvin Gaye song, Let's Get It On. So I just want to drop that quick note to keep everyone informed. We appreciate you listening to Friday Finds, and stay tuned. Tell a friend. This is Mental Health Awareness Month. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. <laughs> so are you a worrier? I tend to be a worrier. And the question is always like, what should we really worry about versus things we really don't need to? So there was an article in the Washington Post, and it was titled, We Don't Have to Worry About Public Phone Chargers using barcodes, handing over your cell number and secure for security purposes, using Wi-Fi in an airport or hotel or coffee shop. This is according to a security, a guy named Chester Wisniewski. He's a digital security specialist with the firm, a firm called Sophos, Sophos or whatever. So the article talks about the things that we all worry about. But of course, for example, Wi-Fi, public Wi-Fi. He says that most sites today use encryption. And he personally doesn't even use VPNs. But he does say that he won't use Wi-Fi in China. <laughs> so, you know, um, he also says 
that you only really need to be worried if you're somebody who are who is targeted. You know that you're targeted or you're under some kind of government surveillance or you're doing some kind of criminal activity and don't want to be caught doing it. And he the article sort of says you need to we need to use our common sense. For example, if you see a QR code um, you know, printed on the bathroom stall, don't, you know, don't click on it or don't point your camera at it. It talks about basically make sure that your software is up to date. You know, don't click on a link from a stranger, somebody you don't know and don't, you know, just shows up and appears. Make sure that you're, you know, you have good password hygiene, that you have strong passwords and that you're changing them every once in a while. Don't reuse passwords. So he's talking about basically, and oh, and they, he he mentioned the um, the phone chargers because there's been a thing in the news lately about the phone chargers and how dangerous they are. But he says that it's really rare that that this kind of thing would happen. That you would, he says, you know, try to bring your own chargers, of course, and just make sure that you're apps and your system setting or your system apps and your platforms are kept current with updates. I would say that um, the press definitely tries to make everybody paranoid. Mm -hmm. So of course there's some good reason for that. They want to make sure that you're protected. I would say you definitely use common sense. And I would say definitely educate yourself a little bit so that you kind of know, you know, like Lynn was saying, make sure you bring your own battery charger with you. If you're going to be somewhere and you need to charge up your phone or any other device. One thing to think about in this situation is if you're concerned about the USB ports, because you may get something transferred to your phone or anything like that, something, you know, malicious, uh, get something you can plug into the wall. You're not going to get anything through a, an electricity AC power, you know, in the wall. Right. For example, you can get something um, that you can plug into the wall and charge up your battery and charge up your devices that way. Then you know you're charging up your battery in a safe way. So you have that on the go to charge your devices and that you're charging up your devices and your you know battery in a safe way because you know that a AC power port in a wall is going to be much safer than a USB plug. Things like that, you know? And obviously make sure that, you know, you're up to date and that you have your security patches and all that stuff. So Right. And he talks about, you know, the, the article talks about use your fingerprints on your face ID scanner where you can. And again, watch your passwords, make them as much as you can, make them strong and you know, so, I mean, I don't know. I just, he says, the article talks about really putting your risks into perspective and recognizing that sort of, I guess, my security advice, if you really wanted it, so I'm not an expert, but just don't plug the thing in. Like, don't turn it on. Just go for a walk, you know, do something else. And just don't touch it. Well, of course that's silly, right? We live in a dangerous world. There's no doubt about it, but that doesn't mean that we don't, Driving is dangerous. It doesn't mean we don't drive. We sort of put our seatbelt on. We pay attention. We do the best we can do 
in a dangerous world. And, and that, I think that's what he, what this article kind of is trying to help us with is just really putting our, pers- our risks into perspective. Yeah. Use common sense, educate yeah. yourself for what your needs are and, you know, do your thing. Yeah. I, I loved how, he, how they said, don't point your phone at the barcode on the bathroom stall. <laughs> yeah. That'd probably not be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something like that. I mean, just, yeah. That would be so, common sense. Don't, don't, you know, yeah. scan the barcode in the bathroom stall. You know. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny, but I don't Definitely. know. I mean, I I think there are a lot of people that would disagree with with this article. And I'm not a security expert, so I'm not gonna say. But it is it is true that we we just are bombarded with things we're supposed to be aware of, or you know, this could happen, that could happen. And it's like, man, like how do we, I guess it's probably best to just not get out of bed in the morning, you know? So I guess that's what they're talking about. Just putting things in in perspective. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I found a really interesting thing in today's, this is, uh, I'm talking about today. This would be uh, Thursday. uh, Thursday, may the 4th be with you. May the 4th be with you, yes. But it was an article in USA Today. It was talking about getting accessible greeting cards for Mother's Day. And I thought I was really surprised to see this and really happy to see it, actually. It's it's a great idea, definitely. Yeah. Whether your mom is blind or partially sighted, has low vision, or is colorblind, right? Mother's Day cards um, for moms with low vision is the name of the article. And it it talks about how so many of the cards have small print, uh, the contrast is not good. I don't understand contrast, but people that can see probably do. The fonts that they use are often difficult. They're decorative, so they're sort of difficult to read. If you have a mom, of course, that has no vision, like me, uh, what you would need to do then is, of course, think about tactile. You think about Braille and things like that. So I was just really surprised uh, to see this article, it was written by Aunt Anna uh, Wenner, and it was in the Today's USA. And it ha- they have links that you can click on. And it may have been, you know, kind of part of an advertising thing, but I just thought it was interesting. And I really, uh, I was happy to see that, you know, disab- moms with disabilities and moms who were blind were thought about. I just thought that was a cool thing. Yeah, it sounds great. And it's a good idea. And it's uh, unfortunate that more companies aren't doing things like this, but props to this one for uh, doing it. And uh, it would be interesting to see if it's popular and a lot of people will partake in uh, accessible Mother's Day cards. I did want to just briefly mention, uh, this is the USA Today. This is a May 3rd article. It was talking about and we've all heard this story, the Google um, engineer who quit, AI engineer who quit because he's really, he quit Google because he's really concerned about AI and its destructive potential. Um, He is, he's 79 years old or 75, um, Jeffrey Hinton name. And he's been working with Google on AI projects. He is, you know, 
somebody well-known in the industry. And he now has second thoughts about AI and its potential to destroy human civilization. Oh, wow. So now he's sort of making the rounds, really talking about this. And I just have to say that here's my little rant, okay? You know that I am a sort of a proponent of AI. I recognize its dangers, but as somebody with a disability, I can see a thousand ways where it could help me. Yeah, so definitely. I, it, it, there's a big focus right now in the press on the dangers and the, the negatives. And well, I think that's everything a shame. is like this. I mean, yeah. everything obviously has ups, downs, good, bad, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, use your common sense. You know what I mean? This mm -hmm. is, again, use your common sense <laughs> yeah. and educate yourself and, you know, stay safe. You know, anything out there is going or could be dangerous. You know, it right, just depends right. on how you use it. So. But I think one of my beefs with people now coming out and saying this stuff is, okay, you worked on this all your life, right? What did you think was going to be done with it? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you work on this all your life. Did you not rec you know, re realize that this would be used? And in a capitalist society, wherever you can get rid of employees, you're going to do that. If you're a company, you're going to figure out ways to have less people working. Now, he says that in, in the research, in the articles that I've read, that there were a lot of um, surprises. He was surprised at how quickly this is happening. And, you know, I do get that because, yes, I mean, until six months ago, when um, ChatGPT first came out, I just really never thought about AI. It just wasn't on my radar at all, really. Uh, and yeah. I always thought it was sort of like, you know, people, science fiction people that were <laughs> just like with crazy ideas and stuff. And now that I have been using it, I do realize the, the dangerous potential. Go and back to a few years ago, though, and look at social media and what happened when that hit and, right. you know, all the controversy around social media now. And, it, you know, people are talking about, you know, there's so much dangerous, you know, this, that and the other thing. I'm not going to get into details here about all of those things. But, yeah. you know, they're talking about should it be regulated and it's not regulate, regulated and they're taking too mm -hmm. long. And, you know, what it does to kids. I mean, they go on and on, you know, so they're still talking about about that but now it's been around a while and now you know artificial intelligence is the new hot thing and so right. now we're starting at the beginning with this and everyone talking about how dangerous it can be and all of these things yeah. you know so but i just feel like the conversation you know talking people talking about pausing research and legislation to try to get this under control i just feel like the conversation is too little too late well, exactly. I mean, you can't um, release I, something, get it out in the world. Everyone's using it, knows about right. it, is implementing it into different apps and software and stuff, and then go, oh, wait, this might be dangerous. We should right. maybe talk about implementing some safety mechanisms, maybe having it regulated, maybe bringing it to Congress. Right. I mean, that's a little I just bit backwards. Think it's, when you think about what's out there in the wild, things out there in the wild right now that are not controlled by any company. Yeah. I mean, they're, they are sort of 
um, you know, hobby projects that people have done and put up on GitHub and some of the other places that people can just download and use on their own computers without being, you know, <laughs> tied to any company. So I just don't know how they're going to put that cat back in the bag or whatever that is, or genie back in the bottle. I just don't think it's possible now. It's going to be the same kind of battle as what they're continuing to battle with, with social media. You know, it's going to yeah. be this ongoing battle. Should it be regulated? Shouldn't it be regulated? Who's too big? Who's not too big? Right. Is right. it hindering, you know, smaller companies and is it hindering children and who they go yeah. on and on, you know? So it's a tough, it's a tough question. And I do see both sides of it. But I just feel like if you're a scientist and you've been doing this all your life and all of a sudden, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Well, guess what? It's sort of too late. Yep, I would agree. So well, we'll go. have to pay attention to this, see how things yep. go, things, see how things play out. So we'll check back on it and uh, keep you guys posted. And awesome. on that, thanks, Lynn, it for another time. great week of Friday Finds. And, sure. Uh, Happy Cinco de Mayo Day, because I think this will drop on Friday. That is and true. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Happy Mother's Day to anybody who's celebrating it. So. Yep. And on that note, thanks everyone. And if you have any questions, comments, or anything else, you can reach us at feedback at unmute.show. And we'll see you next time.